I'm Andrew, and my hobbies include cooking and, well, cooking. And I'm Amanda, and I'm an uncoordinated dork. And And you're you're watching... Dried quinoa sounds like. Highly recommend if you need a shaker and you don't have any real musical instruments. Shake a shaker. Shake a shaker. This is Andrew watching the only podcast about Disney that anyone's ever made. The one and only. Don't fact check that. Nope. Uh, Amanda, I uh, love you very much, but I am not here to chit chat with you. I am not here to. I'm. I'm ready to get into this. I don't know. This is the movie that I have been waiting for since we started talking about this podcast. I've had to stop myself from watching it very many times. We're doing Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. Let's get into it. What do you got? Wow, I wish you could see my face right now. Uh, wow, that all just... That just... Uh, <laughs> that, that escalated quickly, as Ron Burgundy would say. Uh, but no more ado. We're, we're going to have no more further I mean, ado. I partly did that as a joke. So if you have something to talk about before. No, can, I have but, nothing okay, to talk great. about that is Good. as important as Eddie. Andrew, uh, you just Good. you just touched on this a little bit. But uh, this is like your favorite decom. What do you remember about this movie? What's your association with it? Please. Okay, so I've I've learned from, from the Get a Clue episode to not come on like I'm an expert and then immediately be proven a fool. So I'm going to okay. say that I have very fond memories of watching this, and I do remember some very specific things. um, Okay. But I'm not going to pretend like I know every detail about this. So what I remember is that Eddie plays baseball. He's a really great baseball player. And somehow he... I think he likes cooking, but it's a very classic, like, boy-likes-girl thing sort of plot. He really likes cooking, and something about he he takes a home ec course and kind of tricks his friends into taking it with him he's like oh all the other classes were filled up so we had to take this one sorry guys um i believe orlando brown is in this movie as well as one of the friends i remember there's a scene where they burn a bunch of cookies there's a uh, i don't know if she's a friend or if she's like a villain type that's like a very preppy girl um and she, she's like the equivalent man. You, I'm re- I'm gonna start referencing other movies. So she's like the villain in Den Brother. She like really cares about like cooking and like this this sort of thing. Um, and so I think she has this kind of thing where she's like, no, you boys can't cook. You can't be a part of this. He enters some contest I think where you have to like make a creative dish or something and he makes a peanut butter and jelly smoothie I'm pretty sure I have a very vivid memory of the dog licking Eddie's face after he like makes a mess of the kitchen and it like has peanut butter and jelly on it or something 
uh, and he gets into this contest and he you know, cooking contest and he doesn't win. Uh, and I remember that Bobby Flay is one of the judges because Orlando Brown and Bobby Flay have a conversation at the end where Orlando Brown comes up to Bobby Flay and he's like, hey, my friend's dish was the best one and you know it. And Bobby's like, hey, man, I agree with you. Uh, and Orlando Brown's like, so why didn't he win? And Bobby Flay's like, look over there. And he looks over, it cuts to Eddie with like all of his friends. And I think he might even be like on the shoulders of his friends or something. And it cuts back to Bobby Flay and he's like, looks like a winner to me. And Orlando Brown's like, you right, man, you right. Um, that's, those are the th- all the things that are jumping out to me right now. Wow, that's a lot of things. Um, yeah. I like how you started and you said, I'm not going to come on too strong. Like, I remember the whole thing. And then you just went went for it. I just But I think there's a lot the that confidence. I didn't hit. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so I will say up front, similar to I can't another movie we've done, and I can't think of which one. The internet does not have a lot to say about this movie. Um, That's a travesty. It is. Uh, so I did the best that I could as far as researching this. You've touched on, again, most of these questions. But we're just going to go into it. And uh, I, I, I did the best that I could with what the internet had to offer. I think, well, I think really only like two of my questions did you like overtly answer. So that's great. Okay. I will say before we really get into the questions too, I am fully, um, I've like mentally prepared myself to once we watch this movie for it to be bad. So mm, okay, I'm I'm keeping that in mind too. Even though I have very fond memories, I'm ready for this to not be a good movie. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. 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 All right. So what do you got? What do What do I got? So as you as you astutely observed, Eddie is on the baseball team. Uh, we've got this environment where his dad is his coach, his friends are his teammates. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned, we've got cooking as a part of his life, um, and at first it's more peripheral. But it's definitely something that he likes oh, to do. I Please. just remembered a moment, but I think you might be about to ask me about it. So potentially, Pro- I would I would imagine that you probably know where this is going. Um, what food does Eddie make after baseball games? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he makes really, really fancy hot dogs um, with like a bunch of different toppings and condiments. Um, I even kind of think it might be a cartoony thing where he like sprays the mustard into the air or something and it somehow lands really precisely on the hot dog but it might also just be like a sped up clip or it might have nothing to do with that but i'm pretty confident it's like fancy hot dogs cool do you remember what they're called because i i have other i had my other options but i'm not going to give them to you now what are they called like don't overthink it go as deep as straightforward decom as it's probably like it's some it's probably like an alliterative term with like dogs at the end so it's like the diner dogs or something i don't know something um according to wikipedia um they're called Mm -hmm. eddie dogs oh eddie dogs (laughs) yeah 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 okay just for this and just for the sake of my closure the other options i was going to give you were eddie burgers home run Mm -hmm. cones like snow cones or just this is not a fun name, but homemade cracker jack. Those were all my other my homemade other cracker jack. Wouldn't yeah. that be cute? Um, yeah, no, Eddie Dogs. That's correct. 
Yep, so uh, yet another question that you've already touched on, but I really want to give you my my choices. So uh, yeah. Eddie gains an interest in cooking as a result of a TV cooking personality that he uh, that then shows up later in the film. Who is this idol? Yep. I actually, part of me wants to have you guess what the four choices are, but I just want to say what they are. Of the other people? Are. I yeah. mean, Guy, our Guy, Guy Fieri. Um... Uh, his name is Fieri. Thank you. Oh, my. Yeah. I don't think he always says it right. So I don't know. Wow. How dare you? How I, no, I love. I absolutely adore Guy. Triple um, D, man. Triple we, D. I think we've hinted at this. We live in the vicinity of Disney in Orlando, and he has a restaurant in Disney Springs, and it's called Chicken Guy, and I love it, and I have pictures of it's me so next to Giant Chicken Guy. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. Love guy. We love guy. Yeah. That's so not the, f- the point of this episode. It's not, but we 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 do love him very much. Go to Chicken Guy if you live in Orlando. Um. Okay. So the your four choices are Jamie Oliver, Guy Fieri, mm. Alton Brown, or Bobby Flay. Oh, yeah, Alton. We already know that uh that your choice Flay. is Bobby Flay, which would be correct. Mm-hmm. Um. And you already mentioned that, uh, that I almost said Bobby, that Eddie ends up taking a home ec class. Um, mm-hmm. And the way that it happens is he basically kind of lies, d- d- tells this little white lie to his friends that he accidentally grabbed the wrong clipboard in this rush yeah. to pick electives. Um, what class did Eddie tell his friends that he meant to sign up for? He pretends that he mixed up the clipboards. What class did he pretend that he meant to sign up for instead because it would be, quote, an easy A? Oh. So your choices are typing class, computer science, nutrition, or band. So I had a feeling that maybe it was something related to computers. Mm-hmm. Um, between computer science and typing. Typing is so specific. Is that a thing that you would have said or is that a thing... Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with typing. So it, it is commu- computer science. Um, ah, man. Typing okay. was an elective in my junior high, but that's just... Me. Really? Yeah. Yep. I, I will say I remember I remembered another thing. Um, <laughs> Please continue. That in one of the first scenes in the home ec class, they're like, how hard could it be, this cooking stuff? And then it cuts immediately to an oven on fire. And, like, mm-hmm. I think the home ec teacher is, like, putting them out. And she's like, now this is a good lesson on oven temperatures. And one of the boys is like, I thought if I turned it up higher, they would cook faster. Wow. I hope that ver- that, yeah. I hope that is the quote, the script verbatim. I really do. I think it might wow. be. Maybe. We will find out very soon. Um, so through home ec class, Eddie learns of a cooking mm-hmm. competition that you already mentioned that would help him yeah. achieve his dream of going to a culinary institute. He oh. he gets into the finals of the competition, continues to try to do both baseball and cooking. Um, yeah. He's getting teased by his brothers, and uh, his dad is really disappointed because he wants to focus on getting a baseball scholarship. I don't have a question about any of that. That's really all just... According to the internet, what the kind of general line of it is. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned a smoothie that he makes in order to get into the finals of the competition. 
do you remember the dish that Eddie makes during the actual cook-off? Hmm. I do not. I think it would be cool. good symmetry if it had something to do with his Eddie dogs, but I don't think that's the case. Okay. Cool. So the choices that you get are rosemary and thyme macaroni and cheese. Okay. Eddie dogs, straight up. Chocolate chicken. Or a good old meatball sandwich. So chocolate chicken sounds right to me. That is correct. Okay. The yeah. follow-up here is, do you know why chocolate chicken? I think he, I think he reads something wrong. Or no, it's it's that you have to use. Are those the? Is it like a chop thing where like you have to use? Oh man. No, I don't really remember. <laughs> So Unless this that was, was right. This was a uh, an IMDb find, so potentially dubious truthfulness. Okay. Neither here nor there. It says that Bobby Flay's favorite food is, is chocolate chicken. That might it might be that it's like he's like Bobby Flay's like I love mole, which is technically chocolate chicken, but it's really just like. Sure. So I think that might be where it comes from. Potentially. That's what IMDb says. I don't. I, I have nothing else to add. So maybe it is in the movie like and we'll find a, out. I feel like there's a cereal component to it as well. Wow. Okay. Honey Nut Cheerio mm. Chocolate Chicken. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll find out. We will. Um. So that pretty much. Uh, that's pretty much the the plot arc that we've got here. I do want to ask if you remember the poster and or slogan for this movie. Um, I sort of, I, I kind of remember him like in his baseball jersey, but I don't really remember anything else about it. What would the slogan be? No, I don't know. So I have choices for the slogan. Glad you asked. Okay. Um, he is, uh, so Orlando Brown is in the background kind of cheering him on. He's posed in a, in a batting position, but instead of a bat, he has a, uh, I can't think of what the thing is called. The thing you yeah, use spatula? to flip or yeah, 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 yeah. But like a like a cooking one. So a little spatula. Yep. Um, so he's about to hit something with the spatula. Right, right, right. Um, so the slogan options that you get are winning never tasted so good. His cooking skills are a home run. Play meatball. Or he puts the cool in culinary. What was the first one? Winning never tasted so good. Man, I really like that one. I I I'm hmm, I don't like B or C, which traditionally is how this podcast has gone. Mm. Means that it's probably one of those. But I'm going to still go with D. He puts the cool in culinary. It sounds like a decom slogan, right? Yeah. Which means that it's not. And I wrote it. Uh, it is actually A. So the worst which was one. Your gut. Oh, it is A. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which was the worst one? Which which of my wonderful slogans are you going to insult right now? Which 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 one was B? His cooking skills are a home run. That one felt the closest to what would have been like a real like lazy bad one that someone spent like two seconds doing. Sure. Yeah. No, I definitely solidly you. spent like a half hour writing these. So. Um, no, but I mean, you you do it in terms of like trying to replicate that level. Yes, which is its, its own challenge. 
definitely. It is. It's very challenging. So uh, what year did this movie come out, please? Uh, 19-06. No? Wrong? Nope. Uh, you're so good at this. I'm so terrible at this. I don't know. Uh, uh, 2005. So a little bit earlier, um, 2003. Okay. Where in your life were you in 2003, just so we get... I was uh, nine or ten, so I would have been in, like, fourth grade or fifth grade. So it's hard to do uh, cast trivia with this movie, once again, because the internet really doesn't have a lot to say about it. Um, Yeah. So mostly I will be sharing facts here, but um, the actor who plays Eddie is named Taylor Ball, and according to the internet, he was, like, he was basically in nothing else. I don't know if you care to counter, but I did not see anything else that he was in that was, you know, of any prominence. You already mentioned Orlando Brown as who's uh, one of uh, of Eddie's best friends. His name is, do you remember his character's name? Orlando Brown. Is his character's name as well? Playing himself. Yeah. His name is Frankie. Um, Oh, wow. Yep. What other... What TV show did Orlando Brown star as a best friend on, please? Uh, that is so Raven. Yes, the more or less correct, yes. Uh, <laughs> Corey in the house. Is he in that? I don't know. Mm, I feel like Probably he was did, a guest like, the star first on that. Episode. Pro- yeah, I think he was like a cameo, but I don't think he was on it regularly. I don't know. And then the only other... I had taken notes that the, the dad was played by Mark Taylor... After this movie, his next adding, acting credit was High School Musical 2 in 2007. I don't think he was anybody really very noteworthy, but maybe we'll find out someday when we do our High School Musical 2 episode. Um, and then the only other cast note that I have before we get into the very fun part of this episode um, is that the, the love interest, Eddie's little, little crush, uh, is named Hannah. She's played by Rose McIver who is an actress from New Zealand. <gasps> Seriously? From, like, iZombie? Is that right? Is, uh, she, is she that one? Or is that maybe? a different Rose? I'll, I'll look as we go. Um, potentially that, yes. But she also played on her other big Disney-related, Disney-adjacent, as it were, role. Um, so did you ever watch Once Upon a Time on ABC back in the day? <sighs> no. Could never get into it. That's okay. Um, yeah, so in addition to iZombie, she also played, has played in all of the Hallmark Christmas Prince films, which I know you've seen. Oh. No comment? All, all six of them. All 15 of them. Um, Is there that many? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, I would have totally believed you. I know you would have. You're very gullible. Uh, so am I. Yeah, so on Once Upon a Time, I'm just curious from a casting perspective if you can so so you know her from Eye Zombie, so you can picture what she looks like. Who she played a recurring role on Once Upon a Time. Who did she play? Like who would you cast her as? Get four Elsa. options. I'm sorry. Elsa. Uh, one of the options is close. Uh, was she Tinkerbell? Was she Anna from Frozen? Alice, as in Wonderland, or Cinderella? Uh, um. Who does she look like? Isn't who she blonde? Sure, her. I think mostly. I mean, I know you can she change could be. your hair, but potentially, it's twenty twenty. You can do whatever you want with your hair. I, I don't know. Um, I, since I said Elsa at first, I'm gonna go with Anna. Okay. Um. So she actually played 
Tinkerbell. So your blonde oh. gut reaction was correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's uh, that's our little uh, little uh, sneak peek at our cast of characters. And we've done our plot, and we've done all of our uh, our little prep work. So now we've just got a, a couple very very short, quick segments to get get your mind primed for you know some delicious food related. Uh, cinema you know Mm. we already mentioned guy fieri and our love of triple d so first uh i've got a couple of dishes that may or may not have been on diners drive-ins and dives uh and are you have you seen every episode i used i used to watch diners drive-ins and dives a lot yeah okay so let's just dive in here uh and dine in here and and drive in here Oh my. <sighs> that was the funniest thing that anyone has said on this podcast. Wow. <laughs> that is high praise because we've had some doozies. Okay. I <laughs> there's so much ado in this episode already. Lead up to stuff. Um, okay, your first your first dish, is it real or is it fake? Is a chalupines taco, which features crunchy, nutty grasshoppers on guacamole oh. and blue corn tortillas so normally like i don't think guy does a lot of the like gross out stuff um, mm-hmm. yeah so traditionally those i'll tell Go you ahead. right now that all of them are gross out they are, like i found the grossest ones oh. i could find and then added my own so just know that oh going man in. okay then that sounds that sounds fine um with that knowledge in mind i'll say that that one's real it is real yep Okay. Um, there's only four for this segment because he does, like you said, he does tend to not. It's go more with like gross comfort ones. food sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got uh, oxtail chili tots. Pretty simple. That sounds super real. It it does sound super real. Uh, braised oxtail chili. That the description's pretty simple. Uh, whoever wrote this was not feeling very original, so we got braised oxtail chili top and crispy tater tots. Whoever wrote this, I think it's real. <laughs> it is real. <laughs> All right. We've Love got Oxdale. a uh, a fried betta fish sandwich topped with tangy jalapeno jelly and pickled radishes. Man, that sounds real too. Uh, uh yeah, yeah. Why not? It, it's real. That one's fake, and I'm really glad you said it was real because as I was writing it, I'm not. I don't really watch a lot of Food Network stuff. And I was like, is this so weird and out there and ridiculous that nobody would ever eat? Because I can't imagine anybody eating betta fish, but what do I know? Uh, yes, that one is fake. So I feel good. I feel okay. good about my, uh, my fake food options. And then your last option for this particular segment uh, is bacon-wrapped meatloaf with a side of turtle soup, which, yes, actually has turtle meat. Yeah. Um... So now it's more of a meta game of would you do three real ones and one fake one, or would you do two real ones followed by two fake ones? I think wow. you did three real ones, so I think that one's real. Wow. This Yeah, this game is not even about the food. This is just about... <laughs> I mean, that sounds game. so plausible. Like, all the last one sounded so plausible, too, so I think this one sounds plausible as well. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that one is real as well. Awesome. Yeah, so next segment is pretty pretty similar, and this one's going to close us out for today. Is uh, real okay. or fake mystery ingredients from Chopped? Ooh. How much have you seen of Chopped? Have you seen a lot of it? Love Chopped. 
Love okay. Chopped. Love love cool. all food shows uh, in general. Cool. Mostly. Good. 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 So you'll probably be great at this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of chopped out there. Yeah. Uh, cool. So we got we got six options here. Real or fake? Here we go. Uh, dandelion right. stems. Real. That one is fake. Oh man. Uh huh. Yep. We got green bean candy. Green bean candy. Real. They all. They're all gonna sound real to me. They are. Oh. Uh, that one is fake. It was actually oh, based man. on a real one, which was mashed potato candy. Oh. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, if you are more familiar with cooking shows than I am, then this may be a familiar thing to me or to you. It was not something I had ever heard of before. Uh, something called Shadro Sack. Do you know what that is? No. Uh, so Shadro is a type of migratory fish and uh, the, the ingredient itself is their egg sack. I know that's a thing that people cook with. Um, sure, let's say that it's real. That one is real. Yep. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, how about cactus flower buds? That, ugh. Just like the dandelion stem one. I know that they do this where they'll throw in just like a flower and be like, cook with it. Mm-hmm. Cactus flower buds. I know that they have, I feel like, feel pretty confident they've used part of a cactus at some point i don't know if it was the flower buds but i'll i'll say yes that one is also real yep all right uh how about pickled cow lips pickled cow lips mm-hmm. i i have to say one of them is fake that that sounds fake <laughs> it's also based on the real one the real was pickled pig lips so not that far off oh really uh-huh Yep, and the, gr- wow. the the photo of it was way graphic, way something I did not need to see. But I did, for the sake of this podcast, you're welcome, listeners. We, we salute you. I salute myself. Um, and then lastly... Salute your shorts. Lastly, goat brains. Again, I know that they've used brains before. Did, have they used goat brains? Um, no. No, I think you did this. You based it off of some cow brains or some calf brains. Um, and I think, I think goat brains is fake. You sound so insulted by me. I'm going to keep you in suspense for just a I'm hot onto second. your game. I have this strategy whenever I play two truths and a lie with people that I will usually say that the lie is one that is the, mo- like has a number in it or is the most specific in a certain way mm-hmm. that just was slightly changed. Like if, if one of the, one of the options is, I've broken my arm three times. I'll always pick mm. that one because I'll say, I, I'll think the answer is you broke your arm four times or whatever. Um, oh, so you don't create those lies. You correct when I am guessing oh, okay. somebody else's. Yes. And I feel like that's a strategy oh, okay. that you just used. Um, I feel like that's cheating. What is when, when you're creating those lies and you're like, I've yeah. broken my arm four times instead of three or something. Yeah. Like, come up with something. Anyway, that's... But not in this segment. In this segment, all bets are off. Anyway, you used my strategy to your detriment because Goat Brains was a real (gasps) chopped mystery. Oh, man. Yeah. I actually made this segment from an article that I found that was a... um, Basically, a March Madness-style bracket of what were the grossest and hardest mystery ingredients on Chopped. So... There you go. Five of those, except for the dandelion stems, all of those were either 
either the real version that I based something off of or the real ones were all in that bracket. So if you wow. uh, would like to know some more gross stuff that was used on this on this show, um, and actually, as a matter of fact, all six of those ingredients, even the fake ones, were all used by characters in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. I fully believed you for a second. Uh, oh, I wish. I got very confused. I wish. No, that's wrong. I was like, how serendipitous. I know, right? How that happened. Yep. Are you ready, Andrew? Wow. Well, You've been waiting my, for this moment I'm... for such a long time. I know. I'll say again, I'm sorry if I am too hyped right now. Uh, I can feel my energy is real high right yep. now. So yep. uh, sorry if that came on a little bit strong no. to the listeners or to you. Uh, but let's let's just let's let's do it. Let's do it. When we come back, we will have watched Eddie's Million Dollar Cook Off. Yeah, we will. craving right now andrew some chicky nuggets uh no uh an eddie oh. dog which Ooh, an eddie dog which apparently is just a hot dog that is topped with ingredients that have been fancily thrown thrown onto yeah. the dog yeah see i did remember that there was a moment like there was a whole sequence of him topping them but i was a little bit off on how it actually went it's okay. There was just a lot more throwing, and he's also a baseball player. There was. So, you know, he tra- it's transferable skills, pitching and throwing onions. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yeah. yeah, Andrew, how are you feeling emotionally right now as a result I, of this film? I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation um, because based on... Um, so, a uh, 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 little behind the scenes, we're obviously self-quarantine so we're separate and we're watching the movie separately but we text each other a little bit back and forth without Mm -hmm. really getting into anything and i certainly don't think this is like a perfect movie um but i think this is going to be one where i have uh slightly higher views of it or slightly different views than you do okay i'm really interested because based on i mean we'll get to it but based on the few texts you've sent me i'm gonna guess that you did not have a very enjoyable time. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, I didn't actively, I can't think of the, the right word, because I definitely hate it, but I didn't actively, like, not enjoy it. It just was, like, very bleh to me. It was not. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I just was like, eh, maybe I could be doing something else right now. I don't know. This is just yeah. not okay. super fun for me. And I... I think for me, and I wrote down some notes about this, I think this movie exemplifies what my general, like, if I watch a DCOM or know of a DCOM, and I tend to roll my eyes because of the quality of it in some way, Mm. I think that boils down to this one issue that I will discuss later, 
and I think this movie like has a lot of that like and the the, the one word okay. is stakes and I will just we'll talk about it later but like I agree without really knowing specifically yeah. I I also have some stakes yep questions or problems yeah yep before we go any farther do we want to do our 30 second recaps let's do it all right so I will go first okay okay ready set go so there's a kid named eddie he's a really great baseball player on a really bad team um but he doesn't really care about baseball i mean it's fine but he doesn't love it he really likes cooking which he discovers when he sees an egg cracked into a bowl by bobby flay um he enters a competition on accident after well not on accident but after he gets into a home ec class um secretly by tricking his friends into being in it and then he ends up not winning um the competition but bobby flay thinks he's cool anyway um and also Orlando Brown's in it. Yep. Wow, that was there's a lot that so, I left out, but that's okay. So uh the podcast that we borrowed this segment idea from uh yeah. has this general dialogue around the fact that one of them is just one of them is objectively better at doing thirty second recaps and the other one mm-hmm takes a different roundabout approach to it and tends to like go either like very specific details or like sweepingly wide abstract things. So I'm going to go the latter route this time just because oh, okay. I think I think it will be better. I don't know. I'm just going to I'm just going to try it once and if I hate it and then I'll never do it again. Ooh, I'm super interested. Yeah, so 3 2 one. So this is your classic decom in the sense that Eddie is really faced with number one. He has a hobby that he's a guy and it's considered a girl thing by his brothers. Um, so he he's faced with this dilemma like I enjoy doing this but everyone thinks it's a girl thing. He also has to deal with the fact that he's disappointing his dad by supposing or just seeming to choose cooking over baseball because his dad wants him to be a baseball player. And also it asks the question of whether Eddie can do two things be, by placing this time constraint on him, and he chooses cooking. That's the end of my 30 seconds. Nice. Yeah, how did I leave that part out of it? Wow. It's okay. You covered the, the um, plot stuff really well. Um, yeah, so those, those three themes are uh, what I would like for us to, to talk about um, at some point in this conversation. But, Andrew, I would just like to know, and I, I texted you about this, I, I'm curious how well it held up right? Because some of this podcast has been about, I mean, we watched Stuck in the Suburbs, which had glowed and shined very brightly in my brain for almost two decades. And it was pretty much trash. And I know that this was similar, I think, for you, in that it is one that you look back on uh, with a lot of respect and nostalgia. So please, please share where you landed. Yeah, and so I always sort of approach these in two different ways, and one of them is, like, as a movie-making mm. thing, right? Like, production-wise, yeah. and then also the story and the themes and whatnot. One thing we I don't think mentioned in the first half of this is that this is also directed by Paul Hone, mm-hmm. yeah, who we directed did. all of these other movies that we've gone over. Um, and I think overall... See, I'm really conflicted. Because the thing that really stands out to me about this movie is, like, production-wise, is that there are a lot of sequences. I don't know exactly what the term is, but, like, there's the food fight, and there's, like, him putting together his secret recipe, and there's, like, the Eddie Dogs thing that happens, and there's him, um, like, 
try going to the cooking thing and like learning how to do that after school and having to choose between baseball. And I actually individually, I, I think all of them are pretty well done, but I think it's sort of, it's a, it feels a little bit, I don't know if disjointed or rushed is the right word, but it feels like they're trying to cram a lot of stuff into a little bit of time. And they were like, how do we get, how do we convey all of this information? And the answer is like, to do these like things where there's a song over top and then we're like, it's not a montage, but it's kind of what this movie has instead of montages. Mm -hmm. So that's the one big qualm I have production wise. I think other than that, I think it's pretty well acted um, and like sets and all that kind of stuff is like fine. Um, Story and theme wise, I have issues yeah, I've, I've been really struggling. I've been trying to think of like, how am I, am I objectively viewing this or do I have these like nostalgia glasses on? Sure. And I don't know which is true um, because I, I, I don't know. I want to, I want to kind of hear what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take issue with your acting thing specifically for really? one character. And do you know who that character is? Is it the villain girl? Yes. Not villain, but she's like the... Yes. Yeah, I will say, what accent is that? So, I don't know if you remember this. One of the reviews we read in the first half, somebody mm-hmm. mentioned something about one of the... Or, like, somebody being a Kiwi, like somebody from New Zealand. I mean, they should have just let her be a Kiwi, in my opinion, like yeah. it just was so thinly veiled, and bless her heart. I mean, I yeah, she has a hard role because she doesn't ever do anything that's like really bad or like terrible or like I would say even most of the things that are tried to portray as her as like annoying are really in context of the moment, like, kind of not. It's just the way that she is, I feel like, been told to play it is. Like, the hmm. one that stands out to me is when they're at the cooking competition and she's like, where's my blender? I need a blender. I can't cook without a blender. And it's, like, supposed to be this thing where it's like, ugh, her asking for stuff. But, like, that feels like a reasonable request. Yeah. Just maybe not the reasonable way that she asked for it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I mean, I mean, maybe you're, maybe we should pin it all on directing. I don't know. I, th- I think Paul Hone has done some other stuff that has been better directed in certain respects from an acting perspective. I mean, I just yeah. could sure, not fair. handle her at all. That last line of the film, I think. Oh, yeah. The last thing that she says is, what about me? I'm the winner and I'm hungry too. Yeah. And I just, I, I can't. I was I was shocked that, that was the last line and the last shot of the movie is a freeze frame of Eddie with his arm around her and they're yeah. like walking out. Yeah. Like that's not really representative um, of this movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, so I, I just did my, my three themes and I, th- I think, because those are, I mean, I would argue those are the three, if you boiled down, like if you averaged mm-hmm. all of the decoms or even if you put, <laughs> you know that it's like keeps trending is putting movie or tv series scripts into an ai generator and then it'll come back with yeah, a script yeah. or whatever i think that if you 
okay, this is kind of out there. If you put this movie, or if you put all of the DCOMs into an AI generator, right, and it, like, came up with a, a script of a DCOM, I think it would talk about disappointing yeah. your parents, and I think it would talk about boys trying to do girl things or girls trying to do guy things, and I think it would talk about yeah. trying to do two things at once, right? And obviously there are exceptions. Mm-hmm. Smart House doesn't really do that, and... Yeah, there are plenty that But this don't. is definitely a genre of decom. Yes, for sure. And I think and I think a, a good chunk of decoms touch on one or one or all three of those things. Yeah, I mean I think in a lot of ways it's your much like baseball, right? It's your classic all-American decom. Um and so it touches yeah. on those those key things. Did I enjoy, like, and, and again, I think, you know, partly in the theming of it and partly just in conversations we've had before, this was not a movie that was targeted to girls, period. Like, this, sure. when I was, this came out 2003, so I would have been eight. So, when I was eight or when I am 24, like, it's not really for, it's not meant for me necessarily, right? They did not make this movie for me. So there's that element of it that, you know, has to be taken into consideration. I think, um... I think the montages piece, I wouldn't have, or not montages, or what, what, what you just referenced about sequences, I think that that is a good point that I wouldn't have arrived at on my own, but something about it, it just feels, I don't even, I don't know, like it feels, the only word that I can think of that's like coming to my brain, my brain is like viscous, like it feels like soupy to me, like from a, plot and pacing perspective it just is like we tend to talk about like pace being like really fast or really slow it's not that that it that's not the the element of it it just something about the way that it progresses just didn't didn't like hook me yeah no for sure and I think I think there are some good attempts made at you know I, I think the scene um, on the baseball field where the the girl who's supposed to be terrible at baseball says, can I just be a good runner or a bad runner? Why don't, why do I have to run like a girl? Which I love. I love that message. I love that they communicated that. I actually, I have a problem, not with that scene of them, but again, just, I, I think I got really frustrated in a lot of points in this movie. And one was that point because as soon as the dad is like, right about to like maybe figure something out Mm -hmm. eddie turns around and he comes back and i'm like oh okay we almost had some good moments but yeah i really love that That, yeah that moment specifically yeah and i think you know i think if for any of the girls that are watching right like that's a great point and it's good for i mean obviously it's it's great for the guys to think about too oh like maybe i shouldn't yeah Maybe or definitely i shouldn't say you run like a girl because that is terrible whatever so there are some great attempts made and I think the like many of the movies we've watched right that's the what they're going for what they're meaning to communicate is totally on point um I just don't think that the actual storytelling itself was like it was hard for me to to feel the joy of of both food fights with them and maybe this is just me but there was something that was very weird to me about (laughs) how messy Eddie always was when cooking and I'm very like when I'm baking I'm all over the place and I think this was the first point when I wrote the word steaks in my notes which is gonna sound funny but when he's like blending and leaves the lid off and 
you know, the whole entire kitchen gets super yeah. just like disgustingly messy. While obviously like it's not an emotionally high stakes situation, but like it should be a bigger deal that he literally like got all of this gross stuff on the ceiling and all over the entire kitchen. Like twice. Twice. He does this twice and he like, I mean, you a food fight is one thing, but they're just would just and and so he he makes these huge messes and then we just go to something else and not that we necessarily yeah. should care what the outcome of that is but it it just sometimes with things with things like that disproportionate responses to the situation at hand right i wrote when i was trying to like articulate my point about stakes like there are things that shouldn't be that high stake that are made very dramatic. I agree. And there are things that should matter more, like destroying your kitchen or, you know. I ch- well, and even with that, with those at-home cooking sequences, yeah. does the mom, like, not realize that all of her eggs and all of her flour and whatever are just disappearing in the middle of the night or what's what's happening with that how much money is he spending on all of this stuff yeah yeah and it's things like that that are just kind of cutesy just like oh well uh this is a big huge mess and uh, yeah i think and i think a flip side of that too is so his teacher comes to his house to try to convince him and his family that he should come to this cooking competition and she explains to him that Bridget has the technical side. Yeah. And, and he has the passion and the heart and the, and she like does this whole emotional speech. And I'm like, bro, two days ago, you were like, you can't even crack an egg. Like, there, and there are basic things. He doesn't yeah. know how to chop right. She tells both of them, she's like, your chopping is a mess. Bridget as a character overall, I think, is sort of not needed in this movie. Yeah, and so, like, she's, the the teacher is, like, really zoning in here when there are other fundamental things, I feel like, at play that we haven't addressed that just kind of fall by the wayside. Again, not that cooking is just consists of those parts of it, but, I mean... Like his real his amazing barbecue sauce that he put together, he liter like that happened because of a food fight, and I guess the passion comes because he tasted it and was interested in it and then investigated and whatnot. However, it just it fe- uh, I don't know I don't know I just think the stakes for me are like very wonky in for better or for worse. They are, and I think also part of that is us looking at it as adults. Yep. So let's think about this a little bit because, yep. you know, you think about especially the baseball side of it, mm-hmm. right? Because the stakes seem to be incredibly high. Like, we got to beat the Eagles. We got to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Which, to my mind, I was like, this feels like an incredibly easy choice because at this million-dollar cook-off, you could win scholarships. You could win blah, blah, blah. This game, what? Like, you... You can say that you won, I guess, and then everyone forgets about it in two weeks. Yeah. But, like, as a high schooler or, you know, even younger when I was starting to watch this movie, like, that feels like it's really high stakes. Yeah. And so I think maybe that's 
part of the reason why I think it feels so off to us. Sure. Is like these are the stakes as they would be felt by a middle schooler to high schooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I and I did I totally had that thought when I was watching. Like for me, it was spelling bees, right? And if yeah, sure, that ended in eighth grade and and theater started in high school. But but if those had overlapped in some way, right? Like if I had if if a spelling bee and the the spring musical was on the same day. I'm yeah. sure that would have been something that I had to grapple with and wrestle with. Um, could I do both things and still, like, could I be the nerd and the actor and still be myself? Um, if my parents had one opinion over the other, I'm sure that I would have wrestled with that. I mean, and these are, these are, the issues themselves are valid. Um, and I think that's part of why they resonate so much with us at those ages, right? Um, yeah. But I think... I just wonder, because not, again, because not only does it blow certain things out of proportion, but it makes certain things, there are certain things that should be bigger deals than they are, right? Yeah. That are just either like blown, you know, blown off or whatever. I think one, another good example too is, I feel like in in several of the last movies we've watched, there's been a character that you're like, why are you friends? I don't. Yes, yes. There, there is a place for, you know, redemption and forgiveness and return to relationship. But there mm. are, but even more fundamentally, I think there are certain characters that are like, no, like, we need to have a conversation about this. Like, you don't just yeah. get to completely berate me for my life choices for the entire duration of our friendship. And you're in the wrong. And then we just magically, like... This, his name's DB or something, D-H something, and he has this kind of like return apology thing at the end, but the delivery of it, he's still being a jerk about Ooh, it's, it. It's like rough. The way- yeah, we had to pause and talk about that when we were watching this because um, it is played because it's, it's the, in the end of the game that... They are about to go, and Eddie's got, like, an hour and a half or whatever in the competition. He's like, should I go? Should I not? And the kid, DB, is like, hey, why don't? Why do you always got to save us? Why can't we ever do it for ourselves? And it's, I think, it, I think that part of the, like, pretending to be mean thing to him goes either, it's one of two things. Either it should have been played as funny and, like, joking around yep. from the beginning, yep. or it needs to go for, like, one or two lines less as being mean and then he can turn around and be like so go on do your thing yeah because um, yeah i agree that's that doesn't work yeah there was a moment where i think it's just after um the teacher announces that he is a finalist in the competition which this competition is a whole different thing that i don't even want to go into in terms of like the rules yeah. and how all that works mm-hmm. but i think he says something like you can't be my friend and cook or something like that. And it's just like, okay, great. Then we're not friends. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Him and the dad were characters that I am. We're so angry at watching this movie. Yeah. I, yeah. I just had such a hard time. I think, I mean, obviously this is apples to oranges, but I think I look back at like Den Brother, which we just recently did. Right. Like I thought that, yeah, obviously I, we had some challenges with the with the the friendship between that guy because we didn't really understand or 
the main guy and his whatever his hockey friend we didn't really understand why they were friends because there didn't seem like there was rapport, oh yeah it, yeah 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 but at least it felt like there was a journey it felt like there was a character arc and there was a a reason that we liked our main character we also mm-hmm. had reasons not to like him but he had a journey here it just yeah. it just feels i don't know like part of it's such an execution and part of it is a lack of journey yeah there's a lot of switches that feel like they're flipped as opposed to like actual character arcs. Yeah. And I think the dad is the best example of that mm-hmm. in that he sees the girl that's on the team that is like pretending to be a cheerleader and he sees her mom supporting her playing baseball. And then it's just like instantly a switch is flipped mm-hmm. in his brain where he like gets kicked out of the game and goes to the thing. And uh, it doesn't feel earned. Mm-mm. And also it doesn't make sense in terms of like, how is the dad his sous chef for this? Why didn't he have a different sous chef? Why isn't his mom? Why isn't it the teacher? Why isn't it just another random person? But that's even beyond that, like, I don't know. It just it just didn't feel good at the end when his dad jumps in and is like, I'm going to help you now, but I don't know how to do anything. Yeah. Even though he does know how to crack an egg with one hand. Yeah, he gets there and he's like, how can I help? And Eddie says, yeah, crack those eggs over there. And he does it with one hand. And that is just his like big obsession. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, again, just to like, I think sum up my thoughts on this whole topic. Mm-hmm. I think my challenge is while yes, the empathy of kids uh, with, with kids of the things that you care about in junior high and high school matter, like just because those stakes won't seem as high to you later in life doesn't mean they don't matter now. But on the but the flip yeah. side of that is no, there are things that there are things in relationships that the stakes should be higher. There should be more care for forgiveness yeah. and redemption and progression in a relationship. Because the way that Eddie's dad treated him prior to that final like everything is not just fixed because just because the dad comes to help him at yeah, the Yeah, that's the real problem. That's huge. Like, that's a huge deal. Like, wow, Dad, thanks for supporting me in this way. But also, there are, like, there are other conversations that, like, it's not just, great, everything's good now. And I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I would say even for, for me personally, right, there were there were times that I learned from a lot of different places that, well, if we had the, the happy bow moment and the hug, we should just be able to move on. But, like, no, actually there needs to be more yeah. work done. And so I think communicating to kids the stakes of that is important. I don't know. Well, and the problem too with a dad is deeper than just Eddie cooking. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, they go out of their way in the movie to show that he is just like a huge misogynist oh, yeah. in general, not specifically about Eddie or cooking. Like he talks about the male nurse and like the run like a girl thing. And yeah, that I have a big, yeah on the on the girl does boy or boy does girl thing yeah i think cooking is a really interesting and sort of weird um thing to make a movie out of in this in this theme yep because eddie even says this in in the movie where he's like all the chefs on food network are guys so i don't know why this is a problem and it's played off as a joke well like that whole his whole like rant is a joke but I mean, that's real. And it's a really interesting um, dynamic that, you know, historically even too, right? Yeah. Like once you get to a certain level in, in kitchens and in professional restaurants and kitchens and things, 
it is a male dominated yep. profession. Yep. And in the home, it is led by women. Yep. Um, and they sort of, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where I'm exactly going, but I just thought that that was an interesting thing. Totally. Yeah, there's a lot that we we could unpack there about if you if you do something in an amateur way, it's it's girly, and if it's yeah. professional, it's you know it's a it's a guy thing. Yeah, I totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, well, and I think I guess I guess my my reason for getting into saying that is like it makes these stakes a little bit. Un, or not the stakes, but the the story it makes it a little bit like hard to root for anyone, and a little bit hard to believe, but like hard to root for anyone that's against this because it is it it, it just doesn't even make sense why you would be against him cooking, right? It's it's not a girl thing, right? It's, it's just a little bit confusing. And the other thing that confuses me about all these the the who I'll who I'll refer to as the haters. Mm-hmm. In the in the movie, mm-hmm. the first big thing he does, or the first two things he does that are related to food, before we really get into the conflict, is he makes the Eddie dogs, mm-hmm. which the teammates love, right, including DB, who's who's a big jerk, right? We've yep. talked about that, and then he makes the um, cereal fried chicken and mashed potato volcano. His family, and I think, yeah, his his two friends are also there. So it would be one thing if he was like really bad at cooking mm-hmm. and was still trying to pursue this. And it's like, no, 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 you're good at baseball. But they have already seen firsthand that he is good at this. Mm-hmm. So that's what's hard to understand, too, is it's like, yeah, this is a real life skill that he not only could make a career, but like is just good to know in general mm-hmm. and he's good at it so why are you so heavily against this yeah i would like to point out because it feels like a stakes related thing but i don't want to talk about the stakes of it the the reason that he makes this cereal chicken mashed potato oh, thing yes yeah 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 is presented as his mom has to go to the hospital because she cut herself and then she's she like harps three times on make sure you put the groceries away make sure you put put the groceries away and when she walks back in Mm -hmm. the first thing she says is did you put the groceries away and then he says uh, when he makes the stuff and then when she comes back he's like what if now bear with me here hold on yeah hold on hang on with me what if instead of putting them away we made something with them and every Whoa. other character is like, yeah, what? Yeah, like it's like it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. And Eddie has this before that happens. I guess you know they're trying to imply causality because you see Bobby Flay for the first time there. He like watches this yeah. cooking taking place, and he's like, "Well, what if I could do that?" Like it's the it's that moment with like the dramatic, but either the dramatic music or the dawning like music and he's like maybe i should try that and then proceeds to make you know all this stuff when he's like making the chicken and he he's like washing it there's like these like raw chicken wings yeah and he's also sort of like caressing them it's kind of weird yeah and the other thing about that is um making fried chicken is like not an easy thing and not a thing to do if you don't know how to cook really 
No. Do I don't even think we see like oil or like dredging of any sort. We just see like Oh no, we definitely do. Oh we do? Oh yeah. This is one of again, this is one of those what I would call a sequence when this is like okay, sort of true. a montage yeah. of him making all the food. Yeah, and we see a full three stage um batter station and it's frying and it's a shallow fry um in the <laughs> in the pan. Okay, I must have I must Yeah, have which missed. is which is just like a thing that you don't know how to do if you have not been taught how to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. He doesn't have a cookbook out. He's not this is 2003. Mm-hmm. He's not like looking it up on the internet. It just feels like there's a lot that they tried to do in this movie. But because they tried to do so much, a lot of it feels rushed or crunched. And I think that's part of the reason why you get this sense that like this thing is a huge stakes and these are tiny stakes. I think it would be a thing if this was a, a, a mini series or so, you know, something like that, that we would have time to explore all of these things that this movie is trying to do. It might be a lot better. But when we try to crunch this down into like an hour and 25 minutes or whatever, there's just stuff that feels real off. Yes, 100%. Yeah, timing is real funky. Here's what I'll say I really love about this movie. One is the score. I don't know if you caught this, but not like the, the music sequences, but like the actual score of this movie feels really good like it knows exactly the emotional beats that it's trying to hit and it's kind of varied like there's some really triumphant stuff happening the the moment that comes to me is when he looks in eddie looks in the home ec class in the window for the first time and there's some like real hero shots of these like cutting boards and pots and pans but then we go to the baseball field and it's like a western feeling score almost yes oh, i really like that yeah i noticed that as well there there was one um, and the other musically though the the song that is used when he's like really it's really coming to a head for him that he has to choose yeah. the drama of that song i was like oh yeah, uh, yeah. for sure really i i think the <laughs> Musical choices feel, yeah, and they definitely feel dated, too, is, is a big thing. Yes, um, totally. Definitely yeah. 2003 feeling stuff, for sure. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I wish this was a bigger part of it, or was, like, hit on more, I don't know, it just takes Eddie so long to be like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I don't know if he ever really gets there, but he's like, hey, I'm choosing cooking. I really like cooking. This is the this is the thing I'm choosing to identify myself with. It, like every time that he's approached by his dad or DB or even like his mom or or Fred Frankie, they're like, "So, do you like cooking or do you like baseball?" And he's like, "Well, I like I like baseball." Well, I don't know. I I I don't know. It's like <laughs> I don't know. It's so it's so clear that like he he does at one point he gives this speech where he's like I like creating something out of nothing. I like doing something that no one else has done before, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I wish he would have gotten there and like really gotten there cuz it just I don't know, he he's not he also doesn't feel like he has a full character arc. Yeah, I would agree. 
so the, the specifically the time conflict, right? Like in DCOMs, it's always not always, but most of the time, there's two things happening at once. And I think the best example that I always think of is High School Musical, right? Like she she's trying to be at the the decathlon and right. the callbacks at the same time. He's got the baseball uh, baseball basketball game and callbacks at the same time, and so they both have to figure out like, am I gonna you know what am I gonna choose or whatever. Um, and I think it's hard for me because, yes, there can be those specific conflicts, but I think it ends up becoming this symbol for the idea that you can't be both things, period, right? Even if it's not yeah, two mutually sure. exclusive things. I mean, and so now that I'm talking about High School Musical, you have Stick to the Status Quo, and it's this whole song that's about you can't be a nerd and like hip-hop, and you can't be a... I don't know skateboarder I guess and love to play classical violin and yeah you know um creates this false choice yeah there's all of these fundamental dichotomies of things and then you you have usually the climax of the movie has to do with this these two things are happening at the same time and you can't be at both but yeah I don't know I just that messaging becomes problematic I think too I what if this was the other way around what do you mean? What if he really, really loved baseball, but, like, as part of his home ec class, he, like, entered into this competition. He won it, even though he didn't really want to. Mm. And so now he had to make a choice. Because I think, I, I haven't really thought about it in these contexts, but sports sports is always the villain. Or, you know what I mean, not the villain, but, like, in, in specifically oh. in the genre of boy does girl thing movie. Sure. Sports is the thing that is not morally or... I don't know how to say it. Like the other thing is, is we're all, we're supposed to think of as the right choice, right? Cooking is the right choice in Den Brother. Um, um, the Girl Scouts are the right choice in Jump In. The Double Dutch is the right choice in High School Musical. The musical is the right choice. Mm-hmm. Is there any movie that is the opposite? Is that the sport <laughs> is the right choice? That's a great question. Because surely there are kids that, I mean, people become professional athletes and people do sports and people love sports i would argue and this is not a decom uh ice princess did you ever see that one no so she um she's really good at physics she's really smart and from a parental perspective it's very similar to this one her mom wants her to do physics and she wants to go to harvard i think one of those kinds of schools she starts doing this physics project on ice skating and the physics of ice skating and discovers that she likes Mm. it and then has this improbably fast rise in the ranks of being a great figure skater and she wants and i mean it's it's a different kind of sport right but like i mean it still fits the the formula um she wants to do that instead of physics and she has to make the argument well, I with think, her mom that she does yes i think when the roles when it's a girl i think that is often the thing that they're oh, trying to do right is true sports. you're right I th- i'm saying specifically with boys okay in these movies is there one gosh i don't know yeah i really don't know here's what i'll here's what i'll say about it as an effect it it did work at least on me you know like i think it made you think sports obviously were bad. i um, I don't know about that specifically, but it did make me think that cooking was good, which of course is not a bad thing. That's a good thing, right? Right. Um, you need to eat, man. But I very clearly remember a lot of this movie as evidenced by the first half of this podcast. And I, you know, we've talked a lot about like, what are the things that 
we the the viewers of these movies take away from this are they the good lessons or are they the problems that we have with these movies and i think at least for me it was the good things right it was like learn to cook it's going to be good for you it can be a useful skill and it can also be profitable possibly yeah you get a million dollars yeah do they really give a million dollars no they say no. that up front because I think isn't DB like yeah, we could win a million dollars and she's like no that's the total yeah. scholarship value. Oof. Can I ask one other question? Please. Is home home ec is not cooking class like those are two different things right? I believe so. It's just like this home ec class is like basically just a professional giant kitchen and we never see them do anything else besides cooking. Yeah, let's see what else should home economics include. It should be like sewing and yeah. other like homey type stuff. What are the seven areas of home economics? Ooh. Seattlepi.com. Home management design, child development, sewing okay. and textiles. Hello, budgeting and economics. It's in the name. Yep, very important. That should be part of it. We should write six more sequels to this movie. It should be Eddie's Million Dollar Sew-Off, Eddie's Million Dollar Balance the Checkbook Off, Eddie's Million Dollar Child Development Off. Yep. I don't remember what the other ones that you said are. Yeah, I didn't say all seven, but yeah. Well... We're waiting with bated breath for those six sequels. Yep. Come on, Disney Channel. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get Bobby Flay back in there. We, yeah. You know that man can balance a checkbook like nobody's business. Come on now. Mm-hmm, he can probably mm-hmm, sew his own mm-hmm. buttons on his chef jacket thingamajig. I think he's a father. Probably. Yep. Maybe. Yep, yep. Bobby Flay's kid, if you're listening to this, uh... Give us, a, give us a message? Give uh, us a message? Yeah, they definitely are. All of his children. What if Bobby Flay's kid was the one that was like a sewer? Oh, mm. and he had to choose between cooking and sewing. <gasps> oh, see, now that would... Yeah, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Andrew has already scripted the film in his mind. <laughs> yeah. It's in the works Yeah, don't say speak. anymore. Don't say anymore. Don't give, any, give anything away. I didn't give anything away. I just am advertising yeah, it for you. Well... You'll be able to see that movie, Eddie's Million Dollars, so off um, in theaters very soon, I'm sure. Very, very, but very, But until then, very soon. what are some other things that people could consume, Amanda? Um, what's, what's on your queue? Yeah, so it's interesting. It's been interesting to see the art that's come out, um, you know, as, as folks are quarantined and as a result of current world circumstances. I'm especially interested in kind of albums that have dropped as like that did not exist prior to all of this and that were made either you know made quickly or under limited with limited tools and stuff like that um it's just mm-hmm. really interesting to me um so there's an artist that i think this is his second album it's an ep actually um uh, has one full-length album but his name is no i don't know how to say his last name so i'm going to say it a couple ways and spell it his name is noah i think kahan or khan i'm not really sure it's k-a-h-a-n um and he just dropped an ep called cape elizabeth last week it's five songs but like just really honest and really cool and he made it i believe at his at-home studio in a really short period of time i believe it was like seven to ten days but it's just really really good um has been kind of on repeat for me so check that album out um if you are looking for some new music uh also and i've actually also been um listening to the the Beatles first album 
I have an intention of going through each of them chronologically oh. just to have a better understanding of their entire dis- discography. I think that is how you say that word. Yeah, yeah discography. Dis- discography. It's hard to say, though. So, you know, I mean, the, they're the Beatles, so come on. You should always be listening to them anyway, but... Yeah, I agree. That's that's what I've got. What What's in your queue, Andrew? Very good. So I was trying to think of something that was sort of food-related. Mm, good. And I was trying to also think of something that we haven't like shouted out and i thought that we haven't really shouted out any well we haven't we haven't shouted out any like youtube things like smaller things that aren't like a movie or a tv show or something like that so this is a pretty popular youtuber that does food stuff it's called binging with babish he his whole thing is he makes um foods that are based in tv so he makes like uh, from friends there's the moist maker which is like the thanksgiving sandwich if you remember that um okay there's the episode of brooklyn 99 when they're all in a diet and um gina comes in with the sloppy jessica and he makes that <laughs> okay and so he will very often go through and be like all right this is how you would make it if you were using like normal ingredients and like this is how you make everything from scratch Ooh, okay um, yeah, and it's just super interesting if you're a food person or even a media person and you think that kind of stuff is interesting. Yeah. It's really easy to get lost in that kind of stuff and even discover a lot more shows and more um, sort of movies and things that you would not have known about if not for this uh, series on YouTube. Okay. Binging with Babish. Indeed. Sounds good. Sounds yeah. Sounds tasty. Well, I'll tell you what. After all of this talk of food, yep. uh, I'm hungry. Me too. Even though I ate Let's lunch go already, I'm separately. gonna go make myself an Eddie dog, maybe. Ooh, very I'm good, not gonna good. do that. Amanda dog, uh, Andrew dog, Amanda dog. I'm I'm gonna make myself some incredible edible barbecue sauce. <sighs> it's purple. Why? What it was in that that made it purple? I don't know. Doesn't matter. No. <laughs> If you have to say edible it, in good. the name, there's a problem. Does, don't question it. It tasted good. <laughs> Yum. So until then. Until next time. I'm Amanda. And I'm Andrew. Yeah, yeah I got I lemon. Got lemon. <laughs>